from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email edition for January 8th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Corey and Julie Martin are on maternity leave, and uh, the doctor had to take the baby away from Corey because he was trying to breastfeed him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, We're going to be playing your voicemails and reading your emails on our show this week as we normally do and just to get through the normal spiel if you'd like to send us an email the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can call us toll free in the United States, Canada and Mexico 1-877-310-9662 if we read your email or play your voicemail on the show you will get your very own Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard. And then once a month, we select one name at random from those who sent emails and voicemails in, and they get a chance to pick a number on the Prismatron. Prismatron is a lovely little device we have here in the studio that has 50 buttons on it. Each button corresponds to a different prize. And uh, as I mentioned on the last show, we have changed up the Prismatron for the new year, we have some very, very cool new prizes in there. A seven-day, six-night Magic Your Way package for four plus dining is in there. Six-day, five-night resort magic package at the Disneyland Resort in California is in there. Some Cirque du Soleil tickets, gift certificates, uh, backstage magic tours, hotel stays, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, we're real good about the prizes. And uh, plenty of them in there to win, and real easy to do. Just go ahead and send us an email, podcast at wdwinfo.com, or toll-free, 877-310-9662. And with that, we're going to head and get started. Our first voicemail this week comes to us from six-year-old Julia, who... What? I think you're on the wrong bank. Oh, I am on the wrong bank. Thank you. I would have played something else. Uh, it comes to us from six-year-old Julia, who wants to know which counter-service restaurants at Walt Disney World are the best. So here's Julia. Um, hi, my name is Julia, and I'm six years old. And we're going to January. We're going to Disney World in January. And I had a question: What is the best counter-service restaurants? In the whole park. And also, the last time that I was at Disney World, um, when I was four, I was a guest conductor on the train. And is there anything else that's special for kids? Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, that's my new favorite email. Isn't she great? She's great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in, Julia. Julia, um, you've got to get someone to write to us, or you can write to us yourself and give us your contact information. Yeah, you didn't tell us uh, how to get in touch with you so that we can uh, send you your T-shirt. So go ahead and please make sure you or some or your mom or dad sends us an email podcast at wdwinfo.com so we can get that out to you. Um, now, to answer your questions, uh, is there anything special at Disney World for kids? No. It's all for adults. <laughs> you have to um, stay in the room. You have to stay in the room and read the phone book um, while your mom and dad go out and enjoy the rides. Now, of course, I'm kidding. Um, guest conductor, yeah, I mean, there are, there's a, you know, well, uh, certainly one of the things that I know a lot of people enjoy, kids and adults, is riding in the front of the monorail. Um, you will get a special, if you do that, if you get it to ride in the front of the monorail, you're going to get a, a monorail driver's license. You can also ask the bus drivers and the tram driver and the monorail driver for transportation cards. And the ferry driver. And the ferry driver. Mm-hmm. Also on the tram, if you sit in the very back row, they let you do the announcements. Sometimes, yeah, Sometimes if you ask them. 
Um, and of course, to get in the, all you got to do to get in the front of the monorail is just uh, ask the cast member as you're going to get on the monorail. Say you want to wait to sit up front, and uh, you may have to wait for two or three monorails to go by uh, before you know the front is open. But if you're willing to wait and you're patient, uh, it's a great view. It's a great ride. One of the best rides in the park, I think, is going from. Uh, the Transportation and Ticket Center into Epcot. We've mentioned that before. That's it one also, of our favorite things. It also helps if you're adorable. Yes. And, and you certainly the, sound adorable. I was just going to say, from the sound of this voicemail, you've got it covered. Now, as far as best counter service restaurants, Kevin, that's your purview. The Magic Kingdom? I would say Pinocchio's Village House. First of all, you can sit and watch the boats leave at Small World. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to do. Um, Cosmic Rays has... I like Cosmic Rays. Cosmic Ray. I forget his name. Sonny. It's Sonny. Sonny Von Bulow. That's not it. Sonny Von <laughs> Sonny. I forget what his last name is. He's a different Sonny, ride. Yeah. Sonny Delight. I don't know. It's Sonny something. <laughs> he sings and dances and carries on. Um, kind of like Kevin. That's it. I sing and dance and carry on. They have those swirly things at the place across from Cosmic Rays. It's like rather strawberry ice cream was swirled with vanilla or orange ice cream. I'm trying to think. I would say those too. Oh, and Casey's Hot Dogs. Um, Casey's Hot Dogs are good. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. Oh, if you want. Um, I like the launching pad under the, the rocket ship. That's also good. You can get snacks there. They have pretzels filled with cheese. What about Epcot? In Epcot, I like the fish and chips and England, um, they have a really good lamb barley soup. Inside. Because, yeah, six-year-old Julia is going to want her <laughs> lamb barley soup on an expensive tap. I'm going to go over to France and get the foie gras. <laughs> <laughs> and France has um, – I never finished my lamb barley soup, sorry. They don't sell it at the cart outside, but if you talk really nice to one of the servers, sometimes they let you get a bowl. I like the bakery at France. I like the Tangerine Cafe in Morocco. I used to like the bakery across from the fountains, but they closed it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, France has that incredible chocolate ice cream. Oh, that awesome chocolate ice cream, yeah. It's just one little kiosk, and they sell ice cream and what else? Uh, I think crepe, crepes. And um, this, is the, this is the most... The thickest. The thickest, most creamiest... Chocolatey. Chocolate ice cream. ice cream, yeah. Is this the one out on the like I'm on the sorry. sidewalk? Yeah, it's out on the yes. sidewalk, okay. right across from the restaurant. It's incredible. Julia, no, tell mom. It's the best ice cream I've ever had. In France, they have something called a Grey Goose slushy too. That's really <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, Those stop. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of real geese. <laughs> um, that's it. I what think. about MGM? Nah, don't go there. <laughs> They don't have, have, there's nothing of starring there. roles. Starring roles bakery. Yeah, that's all right. Or what is it? I Pizza like Planet. Ew. Ew. Eh, but I mean, it's Ew. it's like if you're like a kid, there was Star- stuff yeah, to look at. The absolute know. worst pizza really? God yeah. ever put on planet Earth. And yeah. starring roles used to be good because you could get a Cobb salad there, but they stopped that. Every time I've been to starring roles, it's always been so busy. It's like turn around. Never been out. impressed with starring roles. And they, um, what's the the marketplace? The um, down going towards Tower of Terror, the L.A. Farmers Market. That's always really crowded too. Uh, there's just nothing noteworthy in yeah. MGM. Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom has that one. I'm not going to remember what the name. Tusker is. House. Flame well, Tree Barbecue. Flame, Flame barbecue, Tree Barbecue is great, which is pretty good stuff. So that's always good. But again, you know. Oh, and in Norway, Norway has that Kringle Bake Shop. Oh yeah. Get the lefsa. I love lefsa. You too, huh? Oh, it's delicious. Have you ever had it? Butter and no. cinnamon. It's like flatbread with butter and cinnamon on it. So mm. good. I have to try that. Oh, it's really good. It's like you know, it's you not. just you feel your arteries start to harden <laughs> as you eat it. But John it's gets so all excited good. about it too. And in my opinion, there's stuff that tastes good. <laughs> you got that school bread or shul bread or whatever. That's because they talked about it on the Diz boards, and I went and got it. It's nothing but a big donut with coconut on it. Have it's you like, had it since they changed it? No. Because they, I didn't think it was good they the first tampered, time. tampered with success. It's smaller, and it's got something else on the top. But but I, can, it was I, I agree. The, demand. I agree, though. The bakery at Norway is, is, is a great stop. It really is. I it's, like Norway in general. but It's cool going through that building. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of places that we got that we stopped. The thing that bothered me the most is they used to have the best apple cobbler in Sleepy Hollow. 
and they stopped selling it. It was the best. It was worth going into the Magic Kingdom for. But they don't sell that anymore. Damn them. <laughs> I'm done. I hope that answers your question, Julia. Uh, thank oh, you. Oh, at Downtown Disney, they have Wetzel's Pretzels. Bow! <laughs> and they have this really great hot dog with a pretzel wrapped around it. That's really mm. good, too. Good suggestions. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Well, thank you again, Julia, for calling in. We appreciate the voicemail. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Kevin Close. Mine is from Patrick. Patrick Kramer. And he says, Hi, guys. This is Patrick, also known as PK Disney Dork, formerly known as Riku on the boards. And I have a question concerning emailed questions and review. Now, before I start, I want you to know that this isn't a complaint. Far from it, actually. What I'm looking for is constructive criticism. I've only been listening to you since midsummer, and only since the fall have I attempted to get one of my emails on the air. I've sent a few emails. That is an understatement. That's a comment that he didn't write that. Oh, okay. (laughs) A review or two and a show idea. Now, my question is, I know you guys get mountains of emails and voicemails, so I know you have tons to sift through. How do I get mine to rise to the top? I love listening to you all and your assistance on most recent trip last June went seamlessly. I would love nothing more than to contribute to the show with my family's thoughts and feelings and questions. Plus, the thought of having the unequaled pleasure of picking a number from the prize matron is just too intoxicating. So I would love your input. In the meantime, however, keep up the good work, and trust me when I say, whether my emails make it to the show or not, I am I will always stay a devoted listener and a contributor to the Diz Boards. Patrick, this was it. Congratulations. You, you asked a question that hasn't been asked in a very long time. You asked a question. The, the, I, the way to get an email read is to ask us something that, A, we can answer, and B, that we haven't received six other times that week. Yeah. And that's my that's my best advice to get your email read. Figure out a question that is interesting and that we can answer for you and make it unique. There's another way. If you send chocolate to Teresa, you can get your email read. She can be bribed. Um, um, Teresa oh, can be bought. Also about uh, ideas for segments, a couple of things to keep in mind. First of all, we have a lot of ideas that we're kicking around already, so if we don't use your idea for a segment, we might already have it in the works. But also, we get a lot of things that um, are kind of um, things we would do anyway. You know, I can't tell you the number of people who wrote to say, well, when Corey and Julie have a baby, you should do a segment on going to the parks for the baby. Well, yeah. you know, we're going to do that anyway. So keep that in mind when you give us show ideas or segment ideas. The other thing is, when we started doing... Um resort reviews and pool reviews that sort of leads people to take that a step further and it's we've been offered the opportunity to review everything under the sun we also have to tell you that if six people write with the same idea it's very hard for us to pick one of those people because then you get five other emails that say but that was my idea also so why didn't i get to do it so what we have to do is we kind of have to pick and choose and Pick unique ideas. Also, keep in mind that uh, uh, the emails, uh, as they come in, are seen by everybody on the team, everybody in the podcast team, both uh, not just those of us on on mic, but uh, those uh, not usually on mic, Will and everybody else. So, uh, you know, everybody kind of looks through them and looks for ones that they think they can answer um, or that they want to read on the show. So, uh, you know, one way, you know, if you have a specific question for one of us as opposed to a generic question for the table, um, you stand, a, I think you stand a slightly better chance, I don't know if a much better chance, but a slightly better chance, I think, of getting it read. If it's a question you're directing right at one of, uh, one of us based on something we've talked about or you heard us say on the show or that you think we might have the answer for. Uh, where voicemails are concerned, those I choose. Um, I listen to all the voicemails that come in. Um, and there's a number of criteria I use to determine which ones I'm going to put on the air. A, which ones do I find either interesting or entertaining? Um, entertaining ones are the ones I really try and, and lean towards. Um, but I like to not just entertaining, but something that's asking a question that's meaningful. 
as Kevin said, something A, that we can answer, and B, that hasn't been asked already 300,000 times. There's only so many times you can give suggestions for birthdays and anniversaries. Um, those are the two biggest requests we get in email. I have a, I'm planning a special birthday for my wife. I'm planning a special birthday for my husband. It's our anniversary. It's our parents' anniversary. What's something special we can do? Um, the other- you know, and, and, yeah, we do have to answer those, you know, repeatedly because, you know, not everybody goes back and listens to all our shows, and sometimes we do have to repeat that information. But if we answered everyone that came in, we, it's all we, we ever talk about in all the shows. The other thing is we get emails that are very, very specific to your vacation. I've got an 86-year-old mother and a 15-year-old granddaughter, and after a while, it gets to the point that that's trip planning. Yeah. And while we're giving advice on trip planning, we're not planning your vacation on the podcast. Yeah. So it's very hard to answer. It has those. to have a broad enough appeal that right. everybody's going to, you know, hopefully get something out of it, or at least it, there'll be a good segment of our listenership that's interested in what it is you're asking. So I mean, these are all the things that run through our head. And yes, there, you know, usually it's a the last couple of months it had dropped down a little bit, it started picking up again. Um, but there is a mountain of emails and voicemails that tend to come in every week. And uh, it's just not possible. We're limited to about an hour to an hour and a half of doing the show. And, I mean, we've gotten through two emails so far, and we're 20 minutes in. Also, make um, us laugh. Yes, funny stuff. Chocolate. <laughs> Did I say that again? <laughs> so, I'm kidding. hope that answers your question. Thank you for that, Kevin. Our next voicemail comes to us from Mike in Texas who got a podcast cruise for Christmas. And he has some questions for us about the podcast cruise. So here is Mike. Hey, podcast crew. This is Mike from Spring, Texas, K5JMH on the boards. And I just wanted to call and ask a couple of quick questions. But first, I must share my Christmas story that beneath my Christmas tree this year, my lovely spouse, Christy, mini garden on the boards she got us a podcast cruise for christmas and let me tell you the noises that came out of my mouth sounded much like a little girl getting a pony (laughs) so you can only imagine the excitement that was around our christmas tree this year so now we are very excited to get ready for the food and dine fest that will be the podcast cruise we're ready to live large on the barge or or <laughs> bloat the boat. So we look forward to that, and we're just incredibly excited about getting ready to go on the podcast cruise and making a long vacation out of it at the Swan or the Dolphin. So now that we're going on the podcast cruise, what I'd really like to know is, do they have decent coffee on the Disney Cruise Lines? Is it the same Nescrape or Coma coffee that served uh, the rest of the Walt Disney World Resort? Or do we have to bring our own coffee with us and enjoy our own blend on board, just the same as we'd have to bring any other beverages that they would not serve or have on the cruise line? And also, to that same vein, do we have uh, decent coffee at the Swan or the Dolphin? I haven't heard... Uh, any room reports on the Swan or Dolphin that say whether they have decent coffee there. But uh, no Nescrape and no Coma coffee. That is just something that Christy and I do not enjoy. But uh, we are so looking forward to going on the cruise, and we must say congratulations to Corey and Julie on the birth of their child. And you all have a fantastic day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for that, Mike. Uh, glad to know that you'll be joining us on the podcast cruise. Uh, to answer your question, um, Disney Cruise Line Coffee is, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong on this, but I don't think I am, uh, is the same coffee served uh, at Walt Disney World. That is true. Um, with that said, from a fellow coffee snob, um, it's tolerable. Um, it's not any kind of coffee that I'm going to you know, drink and roll my eyes and, ooh, this is good coffee. Um so if you're looking for if you're looking for really good coffee on the cruise, uh, you're you, yeah. If you can bring it yourself, the coffee bars. Are you at a Cove Cafe? Which Cove. Is oh, the, well, oh, yeah. that's yeah. Well, but I got, I have to be honest though. Um, even the Cove Cafe, that coffee is not up to standard for what a coffee for as a coffee snob. It's certainly better than what they're serving in the dining rooms, 
but it's still not. I like their specialty coffees. If it's, you're going to get a mocha or something like that, that's going to be doctored up a little bit. Yeah, it's he dead. sounds to me more like you know he likes you know a good. This is somebody who'll appreciate a good cup oh. of Kona, a good cup of Jamaica Blue. Um, that level, that level of coffee is just not available on the ship. Um, yeah, you know, if, you know, if you're gonna throw you know, steamed milk and caramel and everything else into it to, you know, cover up the fact that it's basically second-rate coffee, yeah, then it's pretty decent. But um, I think Cove Cafe is better on the teas. Um, they have a much better selection of teas, mm. and their teas are very high-end. They have a pear tea that I just love. I have a suggestion. If you go to the drink station. For making your own coffee. Disney Cruise Line's going to hate me. If you want to doll up their coffee a little bit, take a package of instant hot cocoa mix and pour it in the bottom of your cup and make your coffee. A true coffee snob would never do this. Well, you're stuck on a boat. Yeah, right. Suck yeah, it up or move on. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a Starbucks. We're not stopping for you. Okay? No, Starbucks isn't that good either. Well, whatever. A Dunkin' Donuts. I found a Dunkin' Donuts in uh, Aruba one time. I was beside myself. But make your coffee. one coff- in Bahamas. Make your coffee with the instant cocoa and then make it as pour your coffee into it and make it as you would a regular cup of oh, coffee. That sounds good. It's it, it makes the awful stuff that they serve. Yeah, because their coffee's awful. Yeah. Uh, I want to just talk about bringing your own coffee. Uh, you cannot bring small appliances on the cruise. So if you're thinking you're going to bring your own coffee in your own coffee pot... You they're going to stop you. They're going to stop you if they find out. If your room steward finds it, that's not allowed on the ship. No reason you can't bring a, a, a French press, though. Oh, no. Absolutely not. You can bring a French press Get and have them bring hot water... For- to the room. Mike also sounds like the guy who should be doing the overnight long distance dedication. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a good radio voice. And actually, to answer your question, the Swan Dolphin actually has really good coffee. Um, I've always got good coffee there. Plus, there's a coffee maker in the room. Yeah. So you can make the coffee they leave for you uh, for free, or you can bring your own little packets. So speaking of the French pot, I found John, I bought John one for Christmas, an individual size, a one a single cup for um, French press. Really? Wow. Yeah. So that would be good for the cruise. Ooh. So that would fit in your pocketbook or backpack or whatever. And a little, see a little thing of coffee. Ooh, I'm intrigued. You have to tell me where you got that. Barney's in the loop. It really? Was, I think it was $13. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, wow. Do you want me to get you one? Yeah, if you, if you happen to find yourself in there, absolutely, please. You go into Barney's in the loop at least three times a week. Real, see, yeah, and... I miss Barney's because you don't see too many Barney's anymore. Starbucks has bought them all. Yep, Barney's. Um, we have one out in the loop, and my mom is addicted to their hot cocoa. Cool. Well, thanks for calling in, Mike, again. Congratulations on getting a podcast cruise for Christmas. Uh, I think uh, the count is now we're up to 144 staterooms, and almost 350 people are going to be joining us on the cruise. When's this, cruise going, when's this podcast going up? This podcast is going up tomorrow. So tomorrow is the 8th? Is the 8th. Okay. You have two days. If you're looking to book a cruise, a podcast cruise, the price is going to go up on January 10th. We have no control over that. Yeah. Our group space will disappear, and the price will automatically increase. It has nothing to do with us. We don't have any control over it. If you're going to do it, get it and get it priced before the 10th. Good reminder. And that podcast cruise goes off on May 10th, Mother's Day of this year. It's a four-night cruise in the Bahamas, which I'm not getting off the ship in Nassau. I'm doing my my spa treatment. We're getting a lot of questions about, you know, what should we do? Should we do shore excursions? And we're telling people that, you know, we're probably going to do a lot of stuff while the boat's in port. Uh, however, there's a group of people who want me to lead the uh, Atlantis excursion. John has his lightsaber and will be leading the excursion to Atlantis. Gambling? To, to the yes. gambling tables. Oh, good. My daughter will be right behind See, it. here's the thing is I just don't feel like betting $50 a hand on blackjack. It just... Actually, well, we told you this during the day, the tables are lower. Mm. We were there recently, and okay. I believe it was $10... Table games. Yeah, we're still trying to figure out, uh, like, you know, the timing on all the events we want to do. So We are running into problems with Disney. We are... Uh, As usual. I really want to do a dating game with us. <laughs> that sounds awful. I love the idea. That sounds awful. 
John really hates the idea of doing a dating game. Like the old time dating game? Not, not dating game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Like the newlywed game. Oh, okay, okay. okay. That's like a newlywed game. Bachelor number two. What's the first thing you put your hands on in the morning? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you, honey. <laughs> Making whoopee. <laughs> really? If we uh, do old time games, we should do match game. I get to be Brett Summers. Okay. And you get, you get to be Charles Nelson <laughs> Charles Riley. Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> Why, certainly. My answer is a train. Oh. <laughs> okay, that sounds like Snagglepuss. <laughs> My best Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> when you're on the cruise, ask, to don, ask John to do the single ladies dance. I do. I do a mean Beyonce. Oh, I can't wait to see oh, that. that I've got to say. Oh, Lord. That I've got to say. All right. Now, our next voicemail comes to us from Melissa in Cherry Hill, who has questions about Disney Vacation Club sales. So here is Melissa. Hi, podcast crew. This is Melissa from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Remark 44 on the boards. I discovered the boards on the podcast a few months ago, and I've been hooked ever since. So I want to thank you for that. My question has to do with DVC sales. I would love to purchase into DVC one day, but right now it's just not in my budget. So in the meantime, I plan on renting points so I can take advantage of the villa resorts. But what I want to know is what you guys think of the future of DVC sales. DVC sales. Can Disney just keep up selling them at the rate that they've been going with the state of the economy and with the number of resales that are available on sites like the Timeshare Store? Do you think that Disney will continue to build more DVC hotels? I think at some point there's not going to be enough customers to keep up at the current price. So I'm just curious what you guys think of this, or maybe if you've heard any inside information. Thanks. I look forward to your response. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for that, Melissa. Um, While I have not heard any inside information per se, um, you know, DVC has always been a very, very strong product for Disney. It has... Uh, it's it's got a, a very loyal following, and uh, do I think that they can maintain uh, through the economy? Uh, I'll, I'll give a qualified yes to that uh, as an answer. And I say qualified because it really is going to depend on how bad and how long this economic downturn goes. Now, I mean, if this turns into full-on meltdown, then no, they're not going to be able uh, to support it. But you know they're about to open. They're about to open up uh, the, the Grand Californian uh, in, out in Disneyland for sale, and they're about to open. At sometime this year, they'll be opening up uh, uh, Bay Lake Towers for sale. Bay Lake Towers is yeah, open already. And oh, is it open for sale already? Mm-hmm. When did when did they start selling? Uh, a couple months ago. A couple months really? Ago, yeah. Well, to members first, right? But oh, okay. it's open now. So, uh, and then they're going to do the the Treehouse Villas. Right, Treehouse Villas. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, with Bay, especially once Bay Lake opens up to general sale, um, you're going to be looking at uh, – uh, it's going to be a mad rush. Um, Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas is still selling well. My opinion, D- DVC is the future of Disney resorts. You're not going to see any new resorts built without a DVC component attached to it. In it some makes way. too much money. Make them make them too much money. And it's so popular that and it, and with good reason. I mean, they, these are beautiful units. DVC is well run. It's a it's it's good value for the money. I mean, granted, it's expensive to buy into it. It's expensive to buy into most timeshares. The owners maintain the building. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really uh, uh, you know this is why it's so popular. When you go to our DVC boards, you see. Um, it would not surprise me eventually to see DVC at Grand Floridian or the Poly. No, not no, not at all. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And you know what? I think it only enhances, uh, especially being able to rent points. You know, I think people get a chance because you know you can rent these points if you go out to our discussion boards. We'll include a link in the show notes page. Um, we have our DVC rent trade board where people put their DVC points up for rent. And I think the going rate's about $10 a point, depending. Um, and, uh, you know, so like if it's 170 points for a one-bedroom for a week at the Beach Club, that's $1,700 for a one-bedroom 
villa that if you were to rent as a hotel room would cost you five or six hundred dollars a night. Um, that's a good deal. That's a very good deal. I don't care who you are. And now, you know, I, I realize you're saying that it's not in your budget to buy into DVC right now. If you can swing it, I would try and do it now because that price is going to jump with the with the opening of Bay Lake Towers. The price is going to go up from what we're hearing up into the $140 a point range. If you really are having trouble with justifying the price, um, purchase into one of the cheaper purchase a resale into one of the cheaper resorts like Hilton Head or Vero Beach. These are much cheaper uh, point amounts. That's a good point. And then that saves you a lot of money. Again, you, you have to take into account the fact that you can only book seven months out versus 11 for any of the ones uh, in Walt Disney World. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is those resorts have a higher monthly fee. Not tremendously higher, but enough to something to consider. But you're talking about a significant savings by purchasing into, say, Vero Beach or Hilton Head. Do you have any idea how much those are right now? In the top of my head, I want to say it's under $70 a point. Really? Yeah, for something like that. But I could be wrong, so don't hold me to that. It also spoils you. For resale. For any other kind of vacation. Uh, John and I just recently stayed in a hotel in Las Vegas. And this is not usually the way we travel. We usually try and rent a condo or a find a timeshare that has rentals or something. Stay in an apartment-type setting. And it certainly spoils you. We have both learned that we are not hotel room people. We like the option of having more space to spread out. We like a kitchen, that kind of thing. We're lobsters. <laughs> That's right. We grow to the size of our tank. Um, <laughs> but it does spoil you. So once you stay in a DVC property, it's hard to go back to a hotel room. Yeah, it is. It is. So hope that answers your question, Melissa, and hope that... Uh, your circumstances allow you at some point to join as a DVC member. So thanks for calling in. All right. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Me. Teresa. Call me. Call me. I have one from Patrick Twizzler in Chester, Pennsylvania. Is it covered with chocolate? I wondered about it. <laughs> I guess just licorice. I have a question about the dining plan. Is tipping included in the plan? Also, did Disney change the plan itself? Entree and dessert, etc. Yes. No. Next email. <laughs> gratuities, no. Gratuities not included in the dining plan That's anymore. Yes, they changed the plan. No, tipping's not included. Oh, I answered them backwards. Yeah. Yeah. My joke didn't work. No, no yes. <laughs> yes, Disney has changed the plan since they first started it. Yes. Uh, it used to include an appetizer and gratuity. Now it does not include an appetizer, and now it does not include gratuity. And while that, while that upset a lot of people that they made that change, and rightfully so, I have to tell you, Virtually every person I talk to who takes the dining plan loves it, and they and they you know once they've done it, they they swear by it. I get a little um, more mixed reviews than that. I do too. Really? Plus, I, I mean, everybody I've talked to is you know. And again, it's anecdotal. It's not scientific, but now I also get a lot of information from people who talk about restaurants, and there's a great deal of thought. There's even some animosity toward the. <laughs> That's all, folks. Uh, <laughs> there's some animosity toward the Disney dining plan in that a lot of people feel that it's dumbed down Disney dining menus, that the restaurants have dumbed down the menu to accommodate the dining plan. Yeah, that it's you're, true. You're cutting off the higher end entrees that were there because people want to make the most of that dining plan. So everybody orders the filet and. So, yeah, there are people who feel that the dining plan has stupided the Disney menus. And tip is not included. It is not. And some no. of the feedback we get is um, some people love it, obviously, and it works for them. But it's a lot of work. It is. You have to really be able to plan your trip. You cannot do it spontaneously. You have to have all your advanced dining reservations made ahead of time to ensure you get use of every credit. So you don't want any credits to go to waste. And there are times when there are Disney dine, there's Disney dining or ADRs available. But if you're coming at a busy time of the year, a holiday season, a season when kids are out of school, the dining options are limited because people do book as far out as they can. So unless you're willing to do your homework and plan your dining at the very earliest possible booking window, it's hard to get the value out of the dining plan. However, there are people who have written trip reports where they've gotten tremendous value out of right. it. Yeah. 
So but for however, $40 a day, they figured out they spent like 300 in food. You know? Right. But what they've also done is they've done a great deal of pre-work making this work for them. So it's not the kind of thing that you can stumble through. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Teresa. Who else has an email? I have one, read? and it's... <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's all over that. Well, it's, it ties into Teresa's now, question. We have, to, we have to let Kathy talk more. <laughs> <laughs> scared me. I woke everybody up. I have a stroke. <laughs> hey, podcast crew. It's Robin A. on the forums. Okay, so here I go. Last night, I booked the four-night get-three deal for Port Orleans French Quarter. Woohoo! <laughs> we got the dining plan that is recommended on the Disney website. It has a snack, counter service, and table service, one of each for each day. Now, I was trying to figure out how to work with this. If I use the counter service for breakfast, I will have to pay for lunch or dinner, right? I was just wondering how you all got around this whole thing. Am I just doomed to fess up and pay? Also, I was wondering if I were able to build up enough points if I could use them to go to the California Grill and watch the fireworks. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, well, the California Grill is going to be uh, two dining credits, um, two table service credits uh, per per person. Am I correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, correct. You can save up your points. You can excuse me. <clears throat> you can save up your points. You can use them, uh, not use them one day, and save them for another day. The other thing you could do is you can combine points from other people. So if you want to go to the California Grill, and let's say you've got two kids. And you you know don't want the kids to go. You can use their points as long as they bought uh, into the adult dining plan. They're old enough to buy into the adult dining plan. Uh, as far as how you're going to get the most money out of this, obviously use your point for the most expensive meal of the day. She didn't ask that. She asked how she's going to cover three meals with it. I thought she said if she used her counter for breakfast, she's going to wind up paying. Are you telling her to not feed her children? Right. There's a lake. Yeah, but if you went to the kids, if the kids, <laughs> they can catch their own. <laughs> Just don't be pretend it's Animal Crossing. Okay, yeah. Um Have one child distract somebody while they're eating. The other child steal the food <laughs> off their table. It's real People simple. are always throwing popcorn out to them birds. There's no okay, reason why yeah. children can't catch it too. <laughs> <laughs> you right over there. I am. I'm picturing her kids scurrying through the bushes getting popcorn. Um, <laughs> people use the counter service for breakfast, have a late breakfast, uh, grab a snack at lunch, and then have a dinner. Or you can work it any way you want. Um, you don't have to use your points in any particular way. Right. I would. I would say also to go on the restaurant board on the Diz that there's mm-hmm. people that have figured out every in and out and how to best maximize your you know your points some people find that the best thing to do is use your um snack credit and grab breakfast before you go out make an early adr at a buffet for lunch fill up and then use your counter service at night for dinner wow cool yeah we're impressed yeah there's there's all so- yeah, there's all sorts of... Uh- we just answered this in the last email. It's work to get the max to maximize this. Another trick that we've heard is that uh, if you're staying in any of the resorts, the gift shop slash little food stores that they have in each resort, they have things that at the end of your trip, if you have um, snack credits left, you could be able to get some cookies or some taffy or something to taste home. Crispy squares, right? Yeah. Use your snack. Use up your snack credits in that way, so you don't lose them. And I would also say, because I had a, a client once that wanted to plan every meal, try to be a little bit flexible, mm. you know, and don't try to do like sit down like all the time. Sort of mix it up a little bit. Also, um, Disney portions are large. So a lot of people find that this is a lot of food. I mean, if you're having your big meal during the day at a buffet, a lot of people find, not everybody, but a lot of people find that they're really not hungry for another full sit-down meal. If you're finding that it's not enough food, you can jump up to the deluxe dining plan, which is three sit-down meals a day. However, if you're one of those people who like to really tour the parks and see as much of the park as possible, that's three meal times that you're out of touring right so and going back to the california grill thing some meals are going to take you two credits 
So keep that in mind, too, when you're making your ADRs. How many credits am I going to need? I also see a lot of people in the parks not know how many credits they have left. So bring something with you so you can keep track of how many you've spent so that you know at the end of the trip, I've got this many left or you know, wind up short. Don't they tell you on the bottom of your receipt? Yeah, I think so. I think they do. You know, it's really, uh, we're kind of immersed in this. There are people who just agree to this without really knowing what's oh. going on. I find myself behind that person in Earl of Sandwich all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I want the soup, the salad, the sandwich, the brownie, and the coffee. No, that's not included. It's better if you know what your, I hate to reuse this word, but your rights are, what your entitlements are prior to going. So that oh, you know, I agree. So you yeah. aren't the person standing at the cash register finding out that you can't get dinner for four with two snack credits. Or to check at the front desk at your resort, too, to make sure that they took the right amount of points out right. so that you're not that last day you figure it's going to be free and you find out now you've used up all your points. Or that you go home with a couple of days' worth of points left over. Right. I mean, you don't want to we pay hear, for we, we hear those stories all the time, that they never used up all their points. It so. can be a savings. However, in order for it to be a savings, you have to invest the time into it. That's my opinion. Good point. All right. Well, thank you for the email, Kathy. All right. Next up, we have a voicemail from Jody, who is a cast member at uh, Disney Central Reservations, answering our call for cast member stories about funny, strange, odd things that guests do. So here is Jody. Hi. My name is Jody. Um, I am a Disney cast member, and uh, you asked for us to call and tell you about the uh, the silly things that we've heard guests uh, say. Um, like I said, I, I work in the Disney Reservation Center, and um, I do have a story. I do also want to start off saying, I'm sorry to tell you, Pete, I really don't like your rants, um, simply because you... You seem to always tell, forget to tell the listeners that uh, that it would really be appreciated if they don't take it out on the folks in the reservation line. Uh, unfortunately, it's ne- none of our control of the decisions that the power that be make um, that come down to us, and it's really not fair when they listen to your rant. And then they turn around and they take it out on us in, on the reservation line. Just wanted to give that little bit of feedback. Um, but my silly story that a guest uh, told me, this is my new version of what time's the 3 o'clock parade. Uh, guest called me probably toward the end of November and uh, said to me, um, now, I understand that the Christmas decorations are out in the Magic Kingdom all throughout the month of December. Is that correct? And I said, um, yes, ma'am, that's, that's correct, absolutely. And uh, the guest followed that by saying, and uh, what dates is that? <laughs> of course, I thought that was kind of uh, silly that the guest thought that she had asked me that because, of course, December 1st through 31st would be all throughout the month of December. <laughs> anyway, I just uh, thought that maybe you might want to throw that in and uh, get a little chuckle out of that. Thank you, and uh, and have a good day. Well, thank you very much uh, for calling in, Jody. Let me just start out by uh, responding to your comment about the rants. You know, it's certainly not my intention to have anybody start coming down on the frontline cast members. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know I am, uh, I am very pro-cast uh, members. Um, I don't think there's enough that Disney can do for you. I certainly don't think they pay you well enough uh, for the amount of work you do and the kind of things you have to put up with. And I think, uh, you know, I've always said that uh, cast members are the ones that implement the magic. They're the ones who make the experiences memorable. Uh, More likely than not, uh, people's experience, people's... uh, uh, People's experience is going to be almost totally formed by their interaction with cast members. My rants are, I think, almost exclusively about the management uh, of Disney. 
And so if somebody's you know calling you up and giving you a hard time because something management's doing, I, I don't know that they could really glean a problem with a cast member based on what I'm saying in my rant. But you know your point is well taken, and you know I will go out of my way from here on out to reiterate that uh, you know not to ever take it out on a cast member if there's a policy they don't like. That's not the cast member making the policy. I didn't think I had to, but if uh, it makes your job a little bit easier and I can help in any way, I will certainly make a point of doing that. But we do appreciate you calling in with that cute story. We need her contact information. And we do need your contact information so we can send you a shirt or a pen and lanyard. Um, podcast at www.info.com. Just go ahead and send us a, an email with your contact information so we can get that out to you. Um, and for any other cast members out there that may have uh, a funny story involving interactions with guests, um, nothing negative, nothing nasty. Um, we're not going to play that. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. But, uh, you know, if you could uh, send it through to us, just call us toll-free, 877-310-9662, and tell us, what, uh, tell us some of your experiences. We got a few. Uh, we got a few more of uh, cast member stories in the hopper for next week, but uh, I thought that one was cute. So thank you again for calling in, Jody. Who has an email they'd like to read? I have another one. Oh, I have one. I have one. Walter has one. And yeah, has I have one, one too. Well, so Walter, well, Walter hasn't I done one yet. So <clears throat> I do. <laughs> She's not scaring us like Kathy. <laughs> Mine comes from Joe Ruhawk from Perkins, Illinois. It says hi. Hey guys, I'm He Wolf on the boards. Thank you for your great service. I recently visited the official Disney website for the first time and was appalled by the lack of information. I'm glad that your site is around to provide up-to-date content. I have a question for you guys. I'm coming to Disney World in May for my honeymoon. My fiancé and I would like to be able to drink one night of our trip. Due to Pleasure Island's closing, where would be the best place on property to get an adult beverage? We are not interested in leaving Walt Disney property. My favorite drink is a Long Island iced tea, so I would prefer a place with a fully stocked bar. I apologize if this is not a good question for Pete due to his recent stint <laughs> Actually, in rehab. It's a perfect question for Pete because that was one of my favorite drinks. So. He says, I wish you nothing but the best success. Thanks. Uh, honestly, uh, the pool bar at the Poly. That's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, the pool bar at the Poly, especially if you're a Long Island iced tea drinker. Um, they, make a, they make a killer Long Island iced tea. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. And the bartenders at the, the, that pool bar are just, they're so friendly and engaging. We were there engaging. for days and had a great time. Yeah, yeah, and just friendly, engaging. At the bar. Drinking <laughs> for days. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, we didn't leave. I at least got the review done. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's where we heard Good about. Time. That's where we heard about. That's where we heard about, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes on in the lake yep. and the issues with the lake. Oh, that's right. Correct. I remember that. And, uh, you know, those bartenders are full of information. So. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I would certainly recommend that uh, there. Um, you know, the, one of the problems with, uh, with with bars on Disney property, especially if, you know, if you are like the way I was, I like my drinks to have some legs. I don't really care for these crappy watered-down drinks that Disney tends to serve and charge you 10 bucks for a mixed drink that's mostly ice and water. So, you know, I find that the pool bars in general... Uh, at Disney tend to be a little bit better uh, in that regard as opposed to some of the more the more standard bars but also the uh, if you want something a little more elegant and refined than hanging out at a pool bar uh, there's a lounge off of the lobby at the boardwalk uh, right above the flying fish that's uh, not too bad not too bad the price of the drinks is a little high but um, the bartender back there mixes a pretty wicked uh, pretty wicked mixed drink we went one time we liked it we went one time we didn't but last time it was positive yeah last time we were there it was good um trying to think there's the voodoo lounge at house of blues oh house of blues that would be a nice one yeah 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 but they, I, I, I gotta be honest their drinks were a little a little weak um especially if you're if you're if you're drinking long island iced teas you like you like liquor in your drink house of blues i thought was a little was along the weak side 
I'm just kind of running through property in my head. Um, oh, uh, the outer rim. That's going on. Oh, that's right. It is. And it's uh, that a hospital a- waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cafe. It's a cafeteria at Cedar Sinai. <laughs> um. Any restaurant, uh, sit-down restaurant on Disney property will have access to a full bar. Oh, outside uh, uh, Artist Point. Uh, there's a lounge right outside Artist Point at the Wilderness Lodge. That was very, very good. And I got to tell you, those uh, those wings, they have the, they have those wings at that lounge where just uh, you couldn't stop eating them. And again, that's a little bit more refined than hanging out at a pool bar, but also the pool bar at the Wilderness Lodge, for that, that matter. They were excellent. We had a great time. Yeah. See now, and, you know, and, and look, especially if you like your drink strong. <laughs> if you like your drink strong, there's a there's a there's a trick to it. Uh, especially on Disney property, you got to come out of the gate early with a good tip. Let them know you're going to tip them well, and they'll take care of you. Um, a lot of people on vacation don't tip well, especially bartenders. And if you're looking to have get, you know, this was my thing. I tipped them well, and they took care of me. You know, I mean, they took care of me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so rehab, much, buddy. so <laughs> much so, I ended up in rehab. But uh, yeah, he, you know, <laughs> I like them strong, and they, yeah. and they made them strong. Yep. So um, now that you've gotten that uh, that alcoholism one hundred and one lecture, <laughs> um, hope that answers your question. But you know, those are those would be my suggestions. That was our postcards from the edge moment. Yeah. Really. <laughs> But I think, like John said, any hotel bar should. Well, I mean, I mean, because not all not all bars are created equal. Um, you know, even on Disney property, even though there's a a uniform drink menu among all of them, uh, it really does come down to the bartender. And you know, bartenders make their money off tips, and they're going to take care of the people who are tipping them. So, if if that's something that's important to you, if that's something that's a part of your Experience when you go on vacation, I would offer that that advice. But uh, those are the places I would uh, I would hit if you wanted to, especially for a Long Island iced tea. Although no place makes a better Long Island iced tea in this town than the pool bar at the Portofino Bay. I'll tell you that right now. Pool bar at the Portofino Bay, they're just nothing but alcohol in that drink. Nothing but alcohol. Um, so those are my suggestions. Thank you for the question, Walter. <laughs> I need a meeting now. Memory. <laughs> oh Lord! All right. I thought he wanted to go someplace and just have fun. <laughs> I realized it was like so involved in the drink. <laughs> I was going to well, suggest Big River. No, crappy bar. For beer, for beer, they're good. But I was never a beer drinker, so. I just drank beer, so it didn't matter. So I went to bars for a different reason. Apparently, I just went like if they had good wings or popcorn. <laughs> No. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, I can get that at Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Bring it home and drink. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there you go. All right. Well, it says an email they'd like to read. I have one. Mine is from Brenda, and she's mom. Dis mom plus two on the boards. My husband and I are thinking of doing a two-week trip for our tenth anniversary. Our plans are to do Disneyland, Six Flags Magic Mountain, and then to Florida for all the Disney parks. A short Disney cruise as well as Universal. My question is: Do you have any suggestions, tips, ideas, or thoughts about this? Motrin, dreams unlimited travel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do the West Coast first, then to Florida, or the other way around? We'd be doing this during the month of August. If that makes any difference on your suggestions, <laughs> can you do all that at one time? All that in two, two weeks. Two weeks. That's I a tight know. schedule. That's very a very tight, tight schedule. You're going to yeah. need a vacation from your vacation. If anything, do West Coast first and wind up on the cruise because at least you'll be relaxing the last part of your trip. It is always better to do your land portion first. Yeah, yeah. always. And bring gold bond powder if you're coming to Florida yeah. in August. I mean, it's going to be with a flight involved. And body glide. It's just really, really, it's tough to do. But, I mean, I give you a lot of credit for doing it. It sounds like a trip of a lifetime, but. It actually sounds like too much, if you ask me. For two weeks. If you had more time. Sounds impossible. Um, There's enough to do on either coast to keep you busy for two weeks. Is there six flags in there, too? Yeah. Um, Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain. But that's like 40 minutes. 
You know? <laughs> Once you go on that ride that makes you throw up, you're done. Yeah, but she also mentioned Universal. That's a lot to squeeze in. That's yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. Because you got to think, the Disney parks, even if you do a park each day, that's four days. Then two days for Universal, that's six. Then a the three-night cruise, there's nine days. God, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Just think about And that's moving nonstop. Right. And that's not enjoying it. That's too much work. And in August, it's going to be hot, 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 and crowded. Yeah, you might want to rethink that, those plans. Just come to Florida. Or just spend two weeks in California. There's enough to keep you busy for two weeks. Maybe not all Disney. And that's well, that's that's it's the nice part of the experience is that you can get that Disney fix, but also you know that that whole Southern California experience. And there's a Universal there. Yep. Yes. And so she seems I would to be like they, they don't have to do just Disney. Like you know how some people just have to do Disney. So if they're willing to do all that, there's great stuff to do in Southern so yeah, California. Spend the two weeks. I, I, yeah, I think spend the two weeks in Southern California, then come out here for the cruise. Yeah, the weather's going to be nicer in Southern California to begin with in August than it is than it is here, and you can get a great Disney experience at Disneyland, and then you know the Universal Studios out there um, doesn't have as you know it doesn't have Islands of Adventure like we have here, but they have that backlot tour that is so much better than anything they have out here in either Disney or Is Universal. Is that open now because they had the fire out there? Oh, yeah, it was like open a few days brilliant. afterwards. It just the whole King Kong piece was was right. uh, skipped around, the whole New York piece. But uh, And then, yeah, spend some time. Spend some time in San Diego. Um, spend some time in Huntington Beach. Go out to Newport Beach. San Diego Zoo. San Diego Zoo, the Wild Animal Park. Um, although in August, the Wild Animal Park would pr- pretty much be like being on the sun. But it's worth going to see. I mean, I was just taking a look at pictures we took from the Wild Animal Park out in San Diego, and um, you Is know, we're hoping we're hoping to get out to California next month. It's it's a must do. I have to get back down there. Yeah, we didn't get and to see everything. We did not get to see everything at the Wild Animal Park, and I was shocked how much I enjoyed it because I'm not. Too, he's not. I'm not nature dude. No. Um, how far is that from uh, Disneyland? It was about an hour and a half okay. drive. Um, it was a weird drive. It was a weird hour and a half. But what was nice about Disneyland is that they have the Alamo car rental right there on site. So you could just rent the car for the day. With a navigational system. And it had the navigation system. I think it was like $55 to rent the car for the day. No problem. Just straight And uh, got down there, took us right to it. At first we thought, though, that it was the navigation system was getting us lost because we were like driving on side streets and... It was weird because it's like, where is this place? And we really thought we were at the point where we were going to turn around because we figured, okay, this thing has us lost. And then the next thing we know, because like we're literally like, you know, going through town. The subdivision, yeah. We're going through town. It's a two-lane street. You know, tra- one one tra- traffic going one way, traffic going the other way. And we're like, okay, this can't be right. And then all of a sudden, there it was. Huh. And I was like, wow. So that's part of the problem that Wild Animal Park has is where it's located. It's not real convenient off the highway. But rent a car, get a navigation system, head down to San Diego. San Diego is just gorgeous any time of the year. So um, would you suggest staying like at one hotel and going doing day trips? That's or? what we did. That's what we did. I liked, you know, I like staying on site at Disneyland. Um, this trip, next time I go, it's going to be the Disneyland Hotel all the way. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed with the Grand Californian last time especially because of the construction going on with the new DVC wing. They only had one hot tub open. It was a tiny hot tub, and it was full of kids. Mm. Um, and it just was uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I, I love the Disneyland Hotel. Oh, it has that nostalgia nice, to it. Yeah. And, um, it's just nice big rooms, nice big comfortable rooms. And so uh, I would I would say, yes, yeah, stay, stay at Disneyland and, and just use that as your, as your base point. Everything in Southern California is an hour. It's an hour and a half from Disneyland. You can go out to Huntington, Venice Beach. You can go out to uh, Laguna. Uh, Laguna Beach. Go see the Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> I hope we haven't talked you out of all this, but I mean, I hope we have talked you out of trying to do this. This is a, a whole lot of running. Yeah, you would be exhausted, especially in August. I would say one of one coast or the other. That's too much to try to do. You can't do it. I don't think. Yeah, just do your California trip and then come out and do your cruise. I think that would be a better. There's also two weeks worth of stuff to do here in Florida. Yeah, but it's August. Right. You don't want, you know, 
you want to be inside. And I don't think we've explained to you exactly how hot it gets. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. The face of the sun. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty brutal here in August. So it's think about it. The devil's portal. <laughs> <laughs> the portal. All right. Well, thank you for that, John. Who else has one they want to read? I do. Mine is from Eric. Eric Manis in Groton, Connecticut. I'm handicapped and I use a scooter because I cannot walk long distances and just returned from a trip to the world December 28th through January 4th. I knew the crowds were going to be a mob listening to Pete. But what I did not expect was to meet the rudest, most inconsiderate people in the world visiting during this time. I had so many people cutting me off and stopping me to let their family members pass by me when all they had to do was let me go by and they would have had room to go after that. At one point, I was in the lobby of the Animal Kingdom Lodge reading a book. A boy about 10 years old sat on my scooter that I was using and started pushing buttons, all of the buttons, and his mother was watching and just laughing. I asked repeatedly for her to tell him to get off. Uh, Eric, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a pet peeve, and I think the only way for people to fully understand it is for them to push a wheelchair or ride a scooter themselves. Mm -hmm. Until you've done it, it's one of those things where you walk a mile in my shoes. First of all, the the person pushing the wheelchair, in order for the person in the wheelchair to be safe, is doing nothing but watching the crowds and the people. I have seen adults dart in front of you to get past you so that they don't have to wait the 30 seconds for you to pass by. Mm-hmm. I have had people step right in front of the wheelchair and stop. I've also seen the same exact things. Driving a scooter through Walt Disney World is just as difficult as driving a car on I-4. You really are the responsible person. You have to take responsibility because you are in a vehicle. And I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, people who are not familiar with a wheelchair or a scooter are completely oblivious to the fact of what it takes. The other thing is when you're pushing a wheelchair, people assume that because you're the one pushing it that you have complete control over that wheelchair. What you're actually doing is you're taking the person's body weight and the weight of the wheelchair, and that's a moving object. It's got some momentum. And if you get in front of me and stop dead, you're assuming that I can stop this on a dime. I can tell you it's very, very, very difficult to do. I think the only thing you can do is assume going in that everybody around you has no idea what it's like to ride on a scooter or sit in a wheelchair. And you have to approach everything you do with that in mind. As far as uh, somebody else sitting on your scooter, I'm sorry. At that point, I would have spoken in a really loud tone of voice and told the woman, get your child off my scooter. I would scooter. have scared the hell out of that kid. Exactly. I think maybe you were a little too polite. Yep, I think so. This is personal space. That would be the same as taking any of your belongings and going through them. Yeah. It, it's just, it's not acceptable. And... I've talked about this before. I hear about this thing about people riding scooters who don't need scooters. I suggest anybody who feel that there might be someone out there doing this for sport, I suggest you rent one and try it. I suggest you have somebody push you in a wheelchair or you push someone in a wheelchair and see exactly what it's like. You will have It's a almost m- like you disappear. Right. And it looks so hard. We, last time we were over at the park, there was an older couple. Both of them were in scooters. And the woman was having such a hard time maneuvering through the crowd. And her husband was, you know, they got separated because people got between them. And she was having difficulty getting it to go the way she wanted to. I liken it, I liken it to driving in New York City. Um, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to be aggressive. And you've got to, you know... And I, I remember when my, my father was alive, and the last couple of times he was uh, he was down here, we had to uh, push him in a, in a wheelchair through the park. And uh, you know, more than a couple of people got their heels clipped before jumping in front of me, and I would I refuse to apologize. It's, like if you're that stupid to jump in front of a moving vehicle, I don't care whether it's a car, a bus, or a wheelchair. You deserve whatever you get. Right. I have one other thing to explain to you. If someone is pushing a wheelchair. And there's any kind of an incline. And I'm going to give you an example. Coming up the International Gateway, 
toward that bridge that takes you into oh, France. Exactly. Yeah. If you have to stop pushing a wheelchair on an incline, it's darn near impossible to get back to finish the rest of the way up the hill. You really have to get some momentum. If you are not in a wheelchair and you assume that anyone is doing this because it's easier or more fun or simpler way to get around or that they're only doing it to get in line ahead of you or because they're lazy, please, please rent a wheelchair and go to the mall. Get somebody to push you around in a wheelchair and take turns. See what it's like. And I will guarantee you that no one is doing this because they want to. So, Eric, I think what you have to do is, first of all, I apologize for saying this, but you have to be the big guy here. You also have to be a little more aggressive, as Pete says. If someone is touching your personal property and you're asking them to stop, then in a very loud tone of voice, you ask for a cast member or security. It's time for people to learn a lesson. This is not an easy thing for anybody to deal with or let alone make their way through a crowded park. You really just have to stand up for yourself. No puns intended. So I appreciate what you've said. I really do. I am well versed in what you're talking about. And I agree with you. People can be rude, but I'm going to chalk it up to ignorance as opposed to rudeness. So. Great. Oh, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Thanks for the email. I'm actually going to cut it here. Okay. So, three, two, one. Well, thanks very much for that, Kevin. Appreciate the email. Thanks, everyone, for writing in and calling in. Just a reminder, if you'd like, if you have a question you have for any member of the team, comment on the show, or something you'd like us to discuss, just send us an email at podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can call us toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 9662 we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week and Happy New Year. Happy New Year.